You're listening to a Sovereign Hope Church podcast with pastor and teaching elder Adam Vinson. If we haven't had the chance to meet, uh, my name's John, and like Marcus said, I get the opportunity to serve as one of the deacons here, and uh, this morning I'm thankful for the opportunity to continue serving and being able to share the word with you this morning. Um, Matthew six twenty-five through 34 is probably a familiar passage to many of you, but I'm hopeful that uh, maybe this morning um, we can look at it in light of all the last six months, specifically with what we've learned in the books, uh, in the chapters and book of Exodus. So um, I want you to think about before we dive in, uh, I want you to think about maybe a movie that you've watched, and maybe it was the um, it was the second movie of a series. I don't know if that's ever happened to anyone here, but you maybe you just didn't realize it was a good movie, and so you watched the second movie before watching the first. Um, and it, if it was a decent movie, it probably it, it probably was a good movie to watch. It was probably fun to watch, and you enjoyed it, and you thought maybe oh, I will like that so much. I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch the first movie. And all of a sudden, when you watch the first movie, the second movie became even more incredible and even more clear, and things stood out to you even more. And it's not that the second movie changed any, it's just that we watched the second movie in light of the first one. And my hope is this morning, as we dive into Matthew 6, 25 through 34, it's a very familiar passage, that we look at it and we read it in light of what we've just walked through for the past six months in Exodus. And we see this theme that the Lord provides, um, the Lord provides in miraculous ways for the people of Israel, and that he's going to do the exact same thing for us today. And he does the exact same thing for the people of Israel and for the birds of the field, uh, the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. So let's do that. So let's read Matthew 6, uh, 25 through 34. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Remember, we want to look at this passage in light of what we've just walked through in Exodus. And one of the major themes that we see in the book of Exodus is that there are needs from the children of Israel, and the Lord sees those needs, and he provides for those needs time after time after time. And so if you've just now joined us or you haven't been here for the last several months, this is going to be basically a recap of everything we've looked at over the last several months. But we see in Exodus 2, we start to see this children of Israel who have no leader and they have no direction, no vision. 
The Lord sees that, and the Lord provides Moses and Aaron. And we see that, that in Exodus 7 and the majority of Exodus, we spend a lot of time talking about how there's um, the Pharaoh who's going to hold the children of Israel in slavery and bondage, and they're here, and the, and the Lord sees that need, that they need to be free from that. And the Lord provides a change of heart through plagues and through um, different, uh, different things that come and happen to the people. And so finally, Pharaoh lets them go, and the Israel's, uh, people of Israel need direction to know where to go. They're just out wandering, and so the Lord provides a cloud in the day and a fire by night. Okay, so we, they get to the Red Sea, and what happens? They need to be able to flee from Pharaoh once again, so they find themselves up against the Red Sea. The Lord sees their need, and the Lord provides the splitting of the Red Sea so they can walk through it. But it doesn't stop there. They need protection from Pharaoh's army, who's now coming after them and chasing them. So the Lord sees that, and he brings the Red Sea back together so that they don't need to escape from Pharaoh anymore. They can have protection from that. And so, we, and then in Exodus 15, we see the Israelites, they need water. And guess what happens? The Lord provides water, and they need food, and the Lord provides food. They need structure and governance on how to like, like have rules and structure in their place. And when they get so big that Moses can't handle it, and we learn about in Exodus 18 that Jethro's wisdom is given to Moses on how to um, structure their government and their rules. And then just last week, we learned that the people of Israel, now they need clear, they need concise instruction on how to obey God. And so the Lord provides the Ten Commandments in miraculous ways, and they get that instruction. And so remember, we're, we're, we're learning about Matthew 6, 25 through 34 in light of all of that's going on. And this is just a very high picture view of what we've just walked through. So that being said, I want to read, reread Matthew 6, 25 through 34, knowing what the Lord has just done for the people of Israel and what the last six months has looked like. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat, manna from heaven, what you will drink, water from the springs, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, could add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's pray. God, we, um, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Exodus, where we can see that you love your children, that you see their needs, 
and you provide for their needs. And I pray that today, as we dive into your word again and look at Matthew 6, that you would help us to remember that you still love your children and that you want to provide for them everything that they need. And I pray that we would take that to heart. Lord, I pray that your word today would challenge us where we need challenging, that it would encourage us where we need encouraging. And we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, summary sentence uh, for today. The Lord has faithfully provided for the people of Israel the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. Therefore, we should have no reason to be anxious because he will continue to faithfully provide for his beloved children today. I'll say that one more time. The Lord has faithfully provided for the people of Israel the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. Therefore, we should have no reason to be anxious because he will continue to faithfully provide for his beloved children today. For the kids, do not worry because the Lord has always given us what we need and will continue to give us what we need today. Okay, so Matthew 6, uh, obviously familiar passage. I'm sure many of you know Matthew 6, 25 through 34 is part of the Sermon on the Mount, which is essentially just this, uh, it's a time where Jesus is speaking to his followers. He's speaking to his disciples about what life should look like. And he teaches on a, a ton of different topics. He start with, um, he teaches us how to deal with other people, and he teaches us how to deal with lust and with anger, and he teaches his followers how to honor the marriage covenant. He teaches us how to love our enemies. He teaches us and is, and is speaking to his followers about how to deal with money and how to give to the needy. And in Matthew 6, he stops there and he says, I want to show you, I want to tell you about not worrying. And I find it really interesting, one, that out of all the things Jesus could have been saying to his disciples and could have been saying to his followers, he chose to say, do not worry. And not only that, but in the passage, we see some form of not worrying or being anxious mentioned four times in the passage alone. So when we see that one, that we see that it's in the Sermon on the Mount and obviously a very important passage to Jesus and we see that it's repeated four times that we shouldn't worry, that we shouldn't be anxious, then we can trust that that's a pretty important thing and that we probably need to hone in on that. So uh, according to scripture, I want to just define anxiety according to scripture, because if Jesus is telling us today, hey guys, I don't want you to be anxious, I don't want you to worry, then I think we have to recognize, we have to try to figure out what it means to not worry. And so uh, in all of the definitions I've found, obviously there's a ton. Um, David Platt had the one I liked the most. It says, according to scripture, anxiety is carrying concerns in this world in such a way that we lose perspective on life and or we lack trust in God. Read that one more time. According to scripture, anxiety is carrying concerns in this world in such a way that we lose perspective on life and or we lack trust in God. So what does that mean? I really like this definition because I think it helps us understand that living free of anxiety and living free of worry doesn't mean that we go around and just live concern-free. 
that we just walk this earth and we don't, we aren't intentional about the decisions that we make. We aren't intentional about what we pray for and the things that come up in this world and how we respond to them. But what it says is that we take those concerns, we take those issues, those, those things that come up that cause us worry, that we take them and we keep our perspective on life and we trust God wholly to handle those concerns. See, it's a good thing that we are concerned for our brothers and sisters in this church who have needs, who have physical needs, who need healing and need physical healing and spiritual healing. And I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that commits to praying for one another and being concerned for one another. So thankful that Marcus on Sunday morning comes up here and prays for the needs of the church. That's it's a big deal for us. And it's a good thing to be concerned about that. It's a good thing for us to pray about that. And it's a good thing for us to be concerned about not only the concerns and the physical needs here in this church, but our brothers and sisters all around the world. It's a good thing to be concerned about your job and your career journey, your career path. And it's a good thing for us to be intentional about making decisions that we can be able to work well and provide for others and be able to live and give generously to others through that job. It's a good thing for us to be concerned about how our children are raised and how they grow up. It's a good thing for us to be intentional about it, to figure out what that looks like. It's a good thing for us to be praying and concerned for what our future spouse might be, who our future spouse might be, or what our future family might look like. It's a good thing for us to be concerned about where food and water and clothing come from. But if we go back to this definition, remember, we're not talking about getting rid of concerns. We're talking about keeping those concerns in light of the fact that we trust God wholly and that no matter what those concerns are, that God is in control and that God is going to provide for us exactly what we need when we need it as we go through those concerns. And just going back to our examples here, see, it's a good thing for us to be concerned about our friends and family here that need physical healing, but we trust God that he's going to provide that healing, whether it's here on this life or if it's in eternity. We wholeheartedly believe he's going to handle that. And yes, it's a good thing for us to be concerned about praying for our children. There's probably very little in my life that I worry more or am anxious about than the way I raise my children. It's a good thing for us to be very intentional about what that looks like and to be a parent who raises their, their children that grow up to, to know the Lord and to love the Lord. But ultimately, ultimately, we take that concern and we trust that God is going to guide their path wholeheartedly. And yes, we should be concerned about working hard and giving our best effort, but ultimately we trust God that our career journey and our career path, he has us exactly where we need to be. And he is going to guide our steps in every path that, that, that we take. And so, again, we have to have that mindset and have that understanding. When we talk about anxiety today, this is what we're talking about. When we lose perspective in life, and or we lack trust in God. Okay, so um, 
I know we're talking about not worrying, and I can see some of you guys are worrying already. Like, gosh, that guy's just, he's gone through just the introduction, and there's no way we're going to make it out of here. But I promise you, we're going to not worry about that, and we're going to get through this pretty quickly. So first, uh, first point here, God has created us in the image of God and will certainly provide for us more than the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. See, we are more important than the birds because we are created in God's own, God's own image. We can certainly look at Scripture, and there's tons of verses. I won't go into them today. We can look at Scripture and see in Matthew 10 that we are more valuable than the sparrows. Luke 12 talks about us being more valuable than the ravens. Matthew 12, 12 says we are more valuable than the sheep. And so it's very clear in Scripture. We can look at it, and we can see that that God has set this uh, system in place where the uh, other things besides us that are created by God are obviously, we are more important than them. We can trust scripture about that, but we have to ask ourselves why. What is it that makes us more important than the sheep and us more important than the birds of the air and the sparrows and the ravens? In Genesis one twenty six. And 27 provides the answer for that. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heaven, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on this earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. You see, we are more valuable than the birds of the air, and we are more valuable than the sheep, and that is because we are created in God's own image. And you see, this is where it comes back to us, to where it gives us a little bit of direction and guidance on why we need to not worry. It's because if God has set up in his power and his creative energy the system where the birds of the air, who we know are not as valuable as us, are provided for day after day after day, then we can trust that we, as believers in Christ, who are made in God's own image, are going to be provided for day after day after day. And he will continue to provide for us day after day, just like he has for all of eternity. And so I I hope that we see that. I hope that we see that we are more important than the birds because we're graded in God's own image. And we would trust that if God provides for them, then certainly he's going to provide for us. But we are also more important and more valuable than the birds of the air, and we are also created to live with God for eternity and much longer than the flowers of the grass, flowers in the grass. Now, I'm gonna, I want to give us a little illustration um, this morning that is going to make sense to some of you guys um, and maybe not as much sense to some uh, to, some, to some of you others, because see, it's very clear in Scripture that the flowers of the field, the things that grow in the dirt, that they're here today and gone tomorrow. And I know some of you guys, like, they, you don't really see that because I've been to your houses and it kind of looks like Callaway Gardens, like when you go in. And it's like, okay, wow, like they, maybe, maybe it's not gone tomorrow. But let me give you a little insight to the Wallace household, Okay. Uh, when anything comes into the, the, the property lines of the Wallace household that is currently growing in dirt, 
it dies immediately. It's just, it is, I, I, I went through, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, we have tried so many times to grow things well, and they just don't do it. So, like, uh, we, we, one time, like, when the kids were little, we had, um, we had a vegetable garden, and we went on YouTube, and we were like, okay, we got this. We did it, and it, we did all the, the work, and, and we got a vegetable. We got a zucchini, and it was awesome, and the zucchini was, um, it was great, and it, you know, started like a normal zucchini, but then it got, like, really, really big, and it just kept growing, and, I mean, it was the size of a watermelon by the end of it, and no one told us that if you let that one zucchini keep growing, then none of the other things will grow. And so we spent all this time trying to make a vegetable garden and we got one giant, terrible tasting zucchini, okay? But it didn't stop there. We thought, well, maybe we'll go to the fall. Like we'll try cabbage and lettuce and leafy stuff that you grow when it's cold outside. Worms. I mean, they were gone. One, they were, they were literally here today, gone tomorrow. We have tried... Um, uh, blueberry bushes, and I accidentally ran them over in a lawnmower, and 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 then we, uh, you know, so maybe we'll go the flower route, like maybe that will turn out better. And so we, um, we we, you know, the, actually the very first time we came to uh, Sonoya to be a part of Sovereign Hope, and we, uh, Alex and Jessica, they've got these awesome, like purple, beautiful looking flowers in their house. I'm sure some of you guys have seen them. And Jessica brought one of them to us, and she said, don't worry, like, these things just grow. Like, you don't have to do anything to them. Like, they just, they just thrive. Not at our house. Gone. We've tried roses that got beetles all over it. We've tried giving them stuff to the kids to try to let see if they're any better at it. Doesn't work. Though I, try, I think the best thing that we've had success with is our Christmas tree. And even then, it's gone after Christmas. And so let me tell you, what the Wallaces think when they see that the flowers of the field are here today and gone tomorrow is that we definitely understand that. And we definitely see that. And I'm hopeful that some of you guys, even the Callaway Garden folks, like they see that even the most beautiful things in our world, even the most beautiful things that grow in the dirt, they are here today and gone tomorrow. But God has not said that about his children. No, God says that I'm going to create you to live with me in eternity. And so we can trust that if God's going to put his creative power and his creative energy to making sure that the lilies of the field are clothed in splendor, and we look at some of the beautiful things that God has created around us, we can trust that if God's going to do that for something that's here today and gone tomorrow, then certainly he's going to provide for us much more, far more abundantly, knowing that we will be with him, praising his name forever. And so we can trust, again, that we are more valuable than the sheep and the birds because we were created in his image, and that we are much longer living than the things that are here today and gone tomorrow. And we can trust that through that, if God's going to do that for these things, then certainly he's going to do that for us. And that we don't need to worry, we don't need to be anxious about anything because God has us right where he wants us. All right, point number two. Our Heavenly Father knows our needs more than we know our own. Remember, we're reading Matthew 6 in light of um, Exodus, what we've learned in Exodus. 
and as we're going back through, I, I look through some of the truths that, that Adam gave us in Exodus 15. And one of the ones that really stood out to me that I think is perfect, fits perfectly for this passage, is that we should stop questioning if God will provide for us, but wonder how God will provide for us. You see, I recognize that there are concerns in this church and there's worry from people in this church that are real and anxiety that is real. And God doesn't promise us that the road that we take is not going to be a bumpy one. He doesn't promise, promise us that, like, okay, well, if you follow me, that you're not going to get sick ever, or that you're not going to have family issues ever, or you're not going to have financial hardships. No, God promises that promises us that if you go through that, and I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to be there with you, and no matter what happens, I want you to trust me and go through, those, go through that circumstance with me. And I want us to think about this real quick. Um, I want us to think about whether or not we ask the question, when we go through these times that are hard, when we go through these maybe financial difficulties or physical difficulties, do we look at it as a way for us to possibly grow more like Christ through that. I was texting with Adam McLeod through this uh, recently. He sent me this quote from Elizabeth Elliot. It was so good. It says, God will not protect you from anything that will make you more like Jesus. Say it one more time. God will not protect you from anything that will make you more like Jesus. You see, when we recognize that this life, when we keep a good perspective of what this life is for, then I think when we come to these times of worry and we come to these times of anxiety, we can trust, just like Matthew 6 says, that our Heavenly Father knows our needs more than we know our own. And we can trust that even in this circumstance, it might be really hard, but maybe, just maybe, God is growing us in this circumstance to become more like him. And I hope that as we continue to dive into this and we continue to think about anxiety or worry or concern um, this week, that we would trust and take a step back and recognize that God has a plan for everyone, every one of us and where we're at um, and that he's going to provide for us. We don't know uh, how he's going to provide for us, but we can rest assured that he is. All right, third point, the Lord has provided and will continue to provide for our needs in miraculous ways. Obviously, there is a ton of miracles that we have seen in Exodus 15 over the past several months. I mean, I, I can, I mean, it would be, it, it would take too long for us to go through them all. But obviously, we've got, um, in Exodus, we've, we've got this idea that there's manna from heaven that only lasted a day. And I, I think it's important for us to see the parallels between Matthew 6, where the birds of the air are eating one day, and then they're not storing their food up, and all of a sudden it's gone, and they're coming back the next day, and it's there. And day after day after day, the birds of the air are seeing their food, and they're eating, and they're doing exactly how God had planned it. And we see that this manna from heaven is coming and lasting a day. We see other miracles, like in Deuteronomy 29, it says, God provided sandals that didn't deteriorate. And so we can trust that God is going to provide for the children of Israel, and or we can see that God provided for the children of Israel in miraculous ways 
But I I think it's important for us to recognize this. The most magnificent miracle we're going to talk today, talk about today, is not manna raining down from heaven. It's not the splitting of the Red Sea. It's the gospel. And so I want us to take a step back and and look at that. You see, we kind of give the Israelites a little bit of a bad rap. You know, they're like, okay, man, you just had the Red Sea split into two. You walked through it. And then when your enemies came after you, it closed down. Like, that's pretty miraculous. That's a pretty big deal. And the very soon after, you're asking them, where's the food going to come from? Where's the water going to come from? And we look at that and we're like, man, what are you guys doing? Like, that's, like, you got to do better than that. But friends, if you don't hear anything else today, hear this. We have been provided the biggest miracle in all of history with Jesus Christ coming to this earth, living a perfect life, taking on the sins of humanity, defeating death and raising from the dead three days later. And if we have that, if we every Sunday are exposed to the fact that Jesus did this in his word, and we see in our own lives that God has saved me and God has saved you, then we are just as guilty as the Israelites because we've been seen, we've been, we've been given this even larger miracle than the splitting of the Red Sea or manna coming down from the heaven. We have seen Jesus defeat death for our sins in this world. And that is a big deal. And so when we become anxious and when we worry, all we need to do is look back to the fact that God has given us the biggest miracle in all of history. And if he's going to do that, then certainly he's going to He's going to do far more abundantly for us. Whatever provision we need, we can trust um, that he's going to do it. Okay, so uh, two things uh, as we close here. During seasons of worry, we should look back to the Old and the New Testament to be reminded of how God provided for his children and trust that God will continue to provide for you today. I don't know um, if you're like me, but um, I tend to have seasons of worry. I'm not a very anxious person. I don't have a ton of worries, but for whatever reason, if it's something that's going on in my own heart internally, or maybe it's something at work that I'm dealing with, or something in my family that is difficult to go through, I, I tend to have these seasons of worry where I can't get out of this idea of being anxious and worrying about how God is going to provide for us. So when that happens, I want to look back to the Old Testament saints. I want to look back to the word that we see in the New Testament, and I want to trust, and I want to be reminded of how God provided for his children then, and that he's going to continue to provide for his children today. It's a really big deal that when we look back and say, wow, God has done this for thousands of years, there's no reason to think he's going to change that today. And so whatever it is, if it's, you know, worry about our children or our finances or our job or future spouses, families, whatever it is, we need to trust 
that God is going to pretend, continue to provide for us today because he's been doing it throughout all of history. And secondly, during these seasons of worries um, that I just talked about, we need to praise God for all that he has done for you. Amy and I were talking about this the other day, and, and we were just saying how, and I, I hope, I, I don't know if this relates to you guys, but like in my life, when I am anxious and when I'm worry, worrying, it's like I, I feel this burden so heavily on me that sometimes I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know what to pray about. I just know that I'm worried about this thing and I can't shake it and I just can't get it out of my head. And we talked about like, the answer to that is just to simply start thanking the Lord for all that he has done for you and all that he's done for me and all that he's done for our church family. And so like, if I'm worried about something that's going on in my family and I don't see the answer, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, I just, we start to pray. We start to thank God for giving us a family and providing for me everything that I need and providing a church that is committed to the gospel and committed to the word and a church that is loving. And we start just praising God for all that he's done in my life and all that he's done in Amy's life and our family's life. And all of a sudden we find that the anxiety and the worry just starts to subside. And I think it's important to recognize that's because we see that God's provided. He sees my needs, like he saw the children of Israel's needs, and he's going to provide for me. And so um, there's, there's something about it. So just remember, when, when you're going through these seasons of worries, that we look back in the word to see how God has provided, and then we look internally into our own lives, and we thank God for how he's going to continue to provide all right, um, in conclusion, I want to leave us with this. Proverbs twelve twenty five. Obviously, there is a ton of verses that we could go through um, and talk about in terms of anxiety and worry, but this one uh, resonated the most with me. It says, Proverbs twelve twenty five. it says, anxiety weighs you down, but a good word makes him glad. Anxiety weighs you down, but a good word makes him glad. I, I feel like anxiety and weight and this burden that we carry is very appropriate. And it's what I feel when I have this anxiety, when I have this worry. And so, but I'm reminded through this verse that a good word, the power of the word, the power of the gospel, the power of the cross will make me glad, will get me through whatever anxiety is weighing me down. And I was, as I was doing that, I was reminded of a book that my family and I are reading now, uh, it's called The Little Pilgrim's Progress, and obviously there's the original version, um, The Pilgrim's Progress. This is the children's version of it, but in this story, there's um, a, a small but mighty rabbit. His name's Little Christian, and he is on his way to the king. He's on his way to the celestial city, and he's um, left everything behind him. He's, he's, he's given up everything that he knows and that he, that he, that he owns so he can go to the king, but he's got a problem with him. In the first several chapters, he's got this burden on his back. We don't know what the burden is, but I think it makes sense that it's some type of anxiety. It's this uh, idea that, that we can't get past what we're going through, and this, this burden is attached to his back, and it slows him down, and it gets him stuck, 
and he can't make his way to the king, and he can't make his way to the celestial city, but there's hope. And so I want to read this um, excerpt from it. It says, presently he, little Christian, came to a place where there was a little hill by the side of the road, and upon the hill was the very thing for which he was longing. There stood the cross, and the moment little Christian began to climb the path that led to it, he felt that the bands that fastened his burden were breaking, and it fell from his shoulders and rolled to the bottom of the hill, and when he turned to see what had become of it, he found that it was quite gone. At first, he was so surprised that he could scarcely believe that he had really lost the burden that was such a trouble to him. It must be dreaming, he thought, but although he stood still for a few minutes and rubbed his eyes, the burden didn't come back. The birds went on singing and the sun shone brightly upon the cross, and he knew that he must be awake and that the king had really taken the weight from his shoulders forever. And so as we leave here this morning, as we are um, going throughout our week, I, my hope and my prayer is that we would take the burden of anxiety and we would trust that the power of the cross is big enough for our really, really big concerns, but it's also big enough for our really, really small concerns. And that whatever it is we're going through, whatever it is we're dealing with today, that we would trust that the word gives us, gives us exact guidance for what we need. And the, the power of the cross is big enough to break any anxiety we might be dealing with. All right, let's pray. God, we love you. Um, we thank you for your word. We thank you this morning that we can um, look at Matthew 6 in light of the past few chapters in Exodus. We thank you that we can be reminded that your faithful provision has been seen through thousands and thousands of years and that you are going to continue to provide for us today. And Lord, because of that, there is no reason for us to worry. Because of that, there is no reason for us to be anxious because we know that if you're going to provide for your Old Testament children and you're going to provide for the birds of the air and you're going to provide for the lilies of the field, then certainly you are going to do that for us today. And that we don't need to worry because we have seen the miracle of the gospel and we can be reminded that that miracle is strong enough to sustain us through any circumstance we run into. And so I pray that this week we would trust that, that we would seek after that, that when the seasons of worries come in our lives, that we would fall to you, that we would run to you and trust that you are in control. And we love you. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Hope Church podcast. We trust that you've been encouraged by the word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at www.sovhope.org. Again, that's www.sovhope.org. Thank you.